2: Music. Throughout history, music has been a way for human beings to tell stories, to tell where they're from, what's going on, from ballads to orchestras to hip-hop classics to R&B sonnets. Music has been a way for us to connect. And one of the things that I've noticed since people have started socially distancing and self-isolating is that music has gone nowhere. In fact, from DJs spinning from hours on end uh, like D-Nice and other artists like The Weeknd dropping whole albums and independent artists, you know, out here releasing their stuff to Corona mixtapes. Music is connecting folks on a daily basis across platforms. And so I'm really excited that we had an incredible guest today, a hip hop journalist veteran uh, and the vice president of content strategy at Genius, Rob Markman. And we had a chance to talk to Rob today about what are the trends that are happening right now? How are people collaborating using digital platforms like Instagram to uh, create content, put out music, you know, have rap battles, right? We also had an opportunity to talk to him about how they're shifting his work to do remote video as well as what projects he's working on personally while he's got a little bit, a scotch, a tiny bit uh, more free time, uh, which isn't, isn't very much. But we had a really great chat and I'm really excited that he was our Monday guest here on the second week of Creative Quarantine. But you know what? I'll let you listen to the conversation
1: live! Hey everybody, this is Creative Quarantine, I'm your host Anjali Crochet, and I am here with one of the dopest, coolest, chillest, uh, I hate to call you a veteran rapper, uh, veteran journalist, veteran hip-hop journalist, veteran music journalist, because it just makes you sound old, and you're not, you're not, you're a young man, Uh, Rob Markman, hey man, what's up?
0: Hey, thank you for having me, I'm super excited.
1: No, this is, this is really great because the ironic part is this is our, our sixth conversation. We've had a lot of conversations with folks uh, who are, are artists and performers on stage. And I'm really stoked because this is like our first journalist conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, we kind of talked about this before. Like, I work in nerd culture. I work in comics culture. I also am a cultural journalist. Uh, I, I know you, we mm-hmm. see each other on that. But I started off collecting with music. And I think music has such a special place in this time, like in general, but in this time right now. And and honestly, like for folks out there who don't know exactly what all of your amazing titles are, can you like give a breakdown on what you do and also what genius is? Uh, because a lot of us who are a little bit older remember it as rap genius.
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So Rob Markman, Um. from Brooklyn. I'm most known as a, like you said, a veteran hip hop journalist. I'll take my stripes. Um. I'm also an artist and, you know, a music artist myself and a writer myself. And I work at Genius. I'm the VP of content strategy over at Genius. And I've been there since 2015. And, you know, we built a great team and, and, and put out some really kind of great and meaningful content. And for those who don't know what Genius is, Genius started as a website and is now is also an app where you can look up the lyrics to all your favorite songs. And not only can you look up the lyrics, because we weren't the first lyric site in existence by any means, but what makes us special is that you look up the lyrics and then you can click into the lyrics and read the annotations. And that's all fueled by community, you know, different people who sign up for genius and collectively the community starts to decipher these lyrics. And my role at Genius is to really bring the artists and open the floodgates and the doors and the bridges for artists to also come on the platform and explain their music. So it's not just fan interpretations. We get the actual artists to explain their music as well. And we do that through annotations on the site, um, written interviews, our various video series, by hook or by crook, whatever we can, however artists feel comfortable explaining themselves, we lend the platform for that.
1: And I love it, right? Because it's it's I'm I'm a huge lover story, right? And folks, a lot of folks forget that every song is a story, whether it's exposition, whether it's telling the references of the history of the person that's that's writing it because they are telling it from like colloquial, uh, geographic, uh, cultural backgrounds, right? Because the words they use or the references they're using to food, like I remember the first rap genius song like I was in there like talking about like somebody was basically there was music inside of a song and somebody was breaking down that this was a popular breakfast item where this person was from and they were referring and I was just like, it blew my mind because it just tells so much about the power of the story because sometimes it is, you know, someone explaining out a whole night that happened or, you know, talking about the day in the life and the community, but also sometimes it's just the person expressing themselves and something that's extremely nuanced to the reference of their lives. And it's such, it's such a cool community and how it has expanded out, um, now into bringing the artists in, Um, for you, uh, like, why Why music journalism, because there's just so many different
0: types yeah. of journalism that one could go into. Um, it was just my passion for music. I've always had a passion for music since I was a kid. Um, I'm an 80s baby. So when I grew up, it was hip hop. Hip hop was around. I didn't, like, people were like, when did you first discover hip hop? I was like, I don't know. I just went outside and walked outside my front door for the first time and it was all around. So I grew up in New York City around that time, and I was blessed to do so. Um, you know, it's funny you talked about you collecting records. You know, being a, the, the type of music fan that I was is like nerd culture. You know, the type of music fans that we are is like nerd culture. Um, I also grew up collecting comic books, but I collect records the same way. And I'm from Brooklyn, and and, and we love fashion, and we love um. You know, Ralph Lauren, Polo was the thing. And we collected Polo like we collected comic books and records. And so, th- this idea of collecting and holding on to stuff is, is classified under nerd culture now, right? But it's really kind of the way we grew up. And so, I just grew up not just buying records and getting records from my favorite artists, be it Nas, be it Wu Tang, be it Biggie. It was also reading the credits. And finding out who the producers were and who the, the mix engineers were. And, oh, where did where did Biggie sample Juicy? Oh, m 2 me Oh, what's that record? And then going back to that. Um, so pretty early when I was like in high school, I was like in my friend group in my school. I was the guy that everybody would come to when they needed a question answered or needed to settle a, a, a music debate. So, you know, I was preparing maybe all my life to become a music journalist without even knowing it.
1: Ew, you know, and I you know, and it's so real because it's, it's, as you were saying that, I remember I remember the moment someone explained to me what a sample was. Like I remember how old I was, I remember I was in a car, someone played Miles Davis, and then they played Erica Badu. Wow. and then my mind was blown. Like I was just like, I don't understand what just happened. What is this? And then I just started digging. Like it that was it. That's that's when I decided I wanted to be an arts and entertainment journalist. I wanted to do cultural journalism because I realized the story was so much bigger, right? And you start digging and pulling because you realize that at every single point in turn, the music has reflected the decade, the people, the geography, what was going on. Like you could break down hip hop. And I know you have, cause I know folks like you and Cheo and, and all the, and, and Dream and all of the, who were, who, I consider y'all historians because yeah. that was the way that's how, that's how we express our culture. It's always been like that, right? This isn't anything new, but to have it at the forefront, to have it culturally important was so significant to have folks like y'all explaining that it wasn't a fad, like this was a way of life, this was people's livelihoods, these were stories. And so I think it's really interesting to be in this moment, right? Like we are in this very moment and, and what is, you have a barometer, man. It's like, what's going on right now in the music industry, and how people are either using or, or I don't know, retracting in this moment um, in music. I'm just gonna leave it general for now because I got some specific questions of
0: stuff that's. Yeah, been happening. I you know I I think I think we're at a part where artists are are still trying to figure out what to do next and what to do now and you know you take somebody like um like the weeknd for example who had his album was scheduled to be released on March 20th before we knew that corona would would force us to really be in our homes and not be out and not be together and there was a story surfacing already on 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 TMZ i had seen which i you know i don't know the validity of it but It sounds plausible is that there were people from his record label saying, Hey, push the album back. You don't know how this is gonna affect your album sales, you don't know how it's gonna affect your streams, and that he believes so strongly in the music that he said, I'm just gonna drop the music. You know, this is people figuring it out. There's a lot invested in the weekend. And you know, whatever the case is, you know, he has the number one album now. And not only that, he put out his album, and a couple of days later, he put out a deluxe version with extra tracks. And then he put out another deluxe version with more extra tracks last night. So um, th- this is a guy who, who, who is saying, OK, people are kind of home and looking for some type of escape. Let me just give it to them. Um, so that's one way, right, that, that somebody is kind of dealing with it. Um, you know, you look at a lot of artists. Coachella is a big musical moment, right? And, and a lot of artists, if you look at past years, hinge their album release on a Coachella performance. You know, and, and there's a lot that goes around that. You almost complain your whole year around getting a performance at Coachella. Now that that's canceled, what do artists do? You see artists like um, James Blake in his home going on IG Live and giving concerts from his home. Um, so the music hasn't stopped, right? It's just, um, you know, we're just going about it in, in different ways. The thing that I've been enjoying as a fan over the past couple of days are these battles that Swiss Beats and Timbaland have been organizing on IG Live? So one night we got Swiss Beats versus Timberland. Um, If you tuned in over the weekend, we saw Sean Garrett, who's an incredible songwriter, versus The Dream, who's an incredible songwriter. And they're doing essentially, we call them battles, but it's sound clashes, right? It's like almost like DJ culture. It's like, you play a song and I play a song. You play a song and I play a song, and then and then we figure out who wins. Last night we had Neo and John Tay Austin, two other incredible songwriters, playing their music back to back, and it, man, it's fun. Like I've, I'm I'm in those IG lives, and and it, it it just as as far apart as we are, it definitely brings like a togetherness. Like people are always going to remember. There's memes that have come out of that. The Sean Garrett memes were amazing. Like people are always going to remember these moments. He, the same way you remember the night at Coachella, if you're lucky enough to go. So the music doesn't stop, the memories doesn't stop, the community doesn't stop. It's just altered a bit.
1: Well, I think it's interesting because it's almost going, even though it's digital and it's if the access is bigger, it's almost going back to the origins of hip hop, right? It's it's pulling it back to where you know folks would show up and it'd be two people and you just kind of You just kind of go at it. And there's all this inspiration because you don't know who's watching, right? You don't don't know who's in the IG Live. And I think it's interesting, speaking of inspiration and DJ culture, uh, yo, this is a resurgence of DJ culture right now. Like D-Nice just, I don't want to say he, he changed the game on bringing it to digital, but he brought, for those of us who love a good DJ house party, just let the DJ do his job or her job. It was, it, it brought me back to what I used to love about going to big warehouse parties and going mm-hmm. to big house parties and, and, and without somebody bumping into the DJ, right? Like there's one thing being missed. Nobody, nobody bumps into the table. Uh, mm-hmm. That has been an inspiration for a lot of folks that's trickling down. Do
0: you, do you know how many kids Oh, watching D Nice now. And 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 first of all, you gotta put into context who D Nice is. Like D Nice started, or, or at least I, I learned of D Nice as a rapper. My name is D Nice, was an incredible single. Like, like he was the man. And um, he's also an awesome photographer. He's just an all-around creative person. And his DJing, if you ever been to his parties, his his DJing, his skill set for DJing has always been top-notch, you know. And Is great. And some of us had access to that. You know what I'm saying? Like being able to go to a D Nice party and experience in real life. But it gets me excited because I think about the kid now who might be 12 or 13 years old and watching G Nice on on IG Live and then asking his parents if he could get these turntables and this DJ equipment because now I'm inspired to do it. Like, you know, our moment was seeing DJs do it in the park. You know what I'm saying? Or being lucky to get into the club or the tunnel. These kids are seeing IG live and it's like, oh, I could do this from my bedroom. Who knows in five, 10 years, imagine the stories we're going to hear from up and coming DJs, up and coming artists. Like, yo, I started DJing because I seen what D-Nice was doing. That's the exciting part to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think it's like one of those
1: silver lines in this moment. And we were kind of talking about this too, because it's one of those times where people are being challenged to adapt yeah. they're being challenged to think outside the box you know have you seen i mean obviously outside the ig lives um folks like trying to find new ways to collaborate while social distancing because this is you can't just all go into lab together right now yeah, yeah, it's uh, that. Little, it's right now and not everybody has access to that right now not everybody has their own studio um uh, minus those of us who have it in our closets uh, not not everybody has their own studio. Have you seen, you know, any kind of like inklings of folks finding ways to digitally collaborate on stuff
0: yet? Um, not specifically. At besides, the, first of all, the, I see some whack. Just like every if I get another press release about some rapper with a quarantine mixtape, it's just like I. Right, you had a week to drop all your quarantine records about the quarantine. Um people man, some
1: just geographically they
0: got
1: quarantine <laughs> later. Yeah. <laughs> take,
0: take it a step further. You know what though? I I, I have seen, I seen there's a there's an independent rapper that I follow from Cali, um, and she's tremendously successful on the independence scene. Her name is Snow Snow the Product. And She just released a single. She did a challenge for herself where she had her producer send her the beat. She wrote the record and then filmed the video in her house and put it all out within 24 hours. And um, she's she's a Mexican-American artist, um, rapper, and she ended up at the top of iTunes um, Latin chart, you know, when she did it. Uh, I thought that was dope. Like, and, and, and she shot it and filmed it and edited it herself and recorded herself. So you know, I, I think it is gonna force a lot of artists to get creative. But I think that was the way that we was moving anyway. Like so many hit records that you heard were, were, were recorded in somebody's bedroom. So the technology was there. You know, I just think when artists see that they don't have the luxury of anybody else to lean on, it's like, I right, who can go out there and get it themselves and, and, and be really creative, tops to bottom? Do
1: you think this is going to, like, and this is the thing that I've been asking myself, too, because I think this is a two-sided coin, right? You got artists who now have this opportunity. They don't, they can't go play clubs. They can't do concerts. They can't be in the lab with other folks. All, all of their obligations are cut at this moment, right? Anything that's not digital. So, you know, folks who had tours set up, like, it's out. But then you got other folks who are like, I see this and I'm trying to ask it in the way where I don't make anybody feel like they're not doing the right thing. Mm. You got folks who are doing this where they're like, I'm inspired, 25 hours later, it's out, right? And then you have folks who are like, yo, I have 40 days to chill and sit back and just perfect.
0: Mm. You
1: know, do you feel like this is going to change the pace or you just feel like artists are going to do what artists are going to do?
0: Um, I don't think there's any right way to go about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the beauty about art. What works for one person as an artist doesn't work for another person as an artist. Like, you know, if you want to be the, I have 40 days to um, just perfect my craft and go in. If you're working on your craft and if you're trying to make the best beat that you can, I don't need a record from you every day you know during the quarantine. And and I think that's the mistake that people make that they feel like they have to rush something out. If if that's in you and if you have that skill set fine. Some artists are way more meticulous. I I don't think it's an either or thing. It's like what works the best for you and what's going to bring about the best art. And um real quick, I just wanted cuz I shouted out Snow the product. The name of her record is um, Nowhere to Go. And so and like I thought that was dope and I was watching her do that on IG and then all of a sudden you know, two days later, the song is on iTunes and it's at number one. Um, and you know, it, it, it's, a, it, it's a song, it's about the quarantine, too. But I think it's about being with her girlfriend like, hey, we have nowhere to go, let's be quarantined together, let's have this, this quarantine love. And it's like, you know what, that's a lot of people's reality right now. So it was a little like clever, clever twist on it, but there's no one way to create. Like, you know, I, I can't, I can't tell an artist, you know, who knows what Drake is doing right now, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Um, uh, but you know it's, it's, it's a safe bet that it's going to be good, but um, you know he's already established. Like, uh, you know, I, I'm interested to see the new artists that'll be birthed out of this time too. Like the people who will get their first shot out of this time, you know,
1: because people have a chance. Like, I know. So my personal favorite right now is Anderson Pat. Um, I I, I really enjoy following his Instagram only because it's straight foolishness. Like it's just it's just straight. It's just straight goopy. It's got a mission on it. He's like, I need y'all to stay home. But it's it's just really interesting, like being able to follow those two. You could just tell they're like, I'm doing me, but also I'm following the CDC guidelines. And yeah. this is what we're gonna do. Um, for you as a journalist, and we also kind of had this conversation. In some respects, this doesn't change much, right? We're used to hopping on the phone or figuring out how to write stuff out and get stuff out. For you, how has this changed kind of your creative process and, and kind of your day-to-day schedule on what it means, uh, both as a VP of content strategy, mm-hmm. but also just a, as a as a hip-hop journalist, a hip-hop head? Like, what does this do to your day?
0: Yeah, so uh, genius. A Genius, everybody's been working from home. So it's been learning how to collaborate from afar, which has been a challenge, but something that everybody's been down for. We've had a luxury, I feel like, because the way that we create over at Genius, um, it, our, our flat, the series that everybody knows us for the most is Verified, is the yellow background, you know, and we have a bunch of those already shot. So we had those, we put one out a day. If it's Christmas, we're putting one out. If it's Thanksgiving, we're putting one out. New Year's, New Year's Eve, we put one out every day. So we've had a schedule locked and loaded and ready to go before the quarantine. Last week, we put out an episode with Megan The Stallion on her song, breaking down her song, Bitch, which is derived from a Tupac song. And she talks about the Tupac influence. And so we got into all of that, and that got over a million views last week. And, and, and we shot that pre-quarantine. So we knew we had all this content, so what we did was continue to roll out the content as we normally would and took a step back and are starting to figure out how do we shoot remotely? How do we make our content adapt remotely? And we had the luxury because we didn't have to, if the quarantine starts on Monday, we didn't have to figure it out by Tuesday. We had time to sit back and perfect it. And we took a week. We're not taking a whole bunch of time, but we, we took like a week to sit back, pre- perfect it. So. Over the past week, we've been doing like test shoots, demo shoots, like making sure that our our, our strategy is sound, and then we're going to go out there and execute. Um, and it's been challenging, but it's really exciting to see the type of content that we create during this period. And, um, you know, I'm excited for, for the fans and the audience to see it. Like also knowing that there's way more important things going on in the world, you know, but to be able to provide some escapism for some people, if you if you can't watch CNN all day because it messes with your mental health, you know that we we have some things for you. So I'm excited to be able to roll that out.
1: That's dope, and that's actually one of the things I really love about the fact that artists are still creating. Right, there is this thing that sets the world apart, and it's this thing that that sets us apart as people is this idea that we need art, we need entertainment, that is how we tell stories, it's how we connect, that's how we bring folks together uh, throughout that. Uh, I wanna do a shout out for everybody though. If you're watching right now and you have any questions for Rob, uh, you can ask your questions in the comments, like literally just type your question in the comment or the chat box, wherever you're watching right now uh, and it will pop up on the live stream and uh, we can ask those questions, Uh, but you know, for you, what do you think, like what are you predicting? What do you hope, what is your aspiration that will happen during this time? Like besides new clearly new DJs. Right and, and 12 year olds getting turntables. I, I I
0: I hope that we start to take our art a little more seriously. Um, you know, I think I think we get into this space where the everything moves so fast. Um, that we're just kind of putting it out and often our art, our, our, particularly when I'm talking about our, our music, because that's my expertise, particularly hip hop music and particularly speaking about black music. Um, and popular music is also often treated as disposable and everybody's looking for the next hit. All right, put it out, put it out. OK, where's the next one? And I hope that this allows us or this teaches us or reminds us to create with a little more intent with a little more meaning, with a little more sustainability and, you know, to create things that, that are meant to be entertaining in the moment, but at the same time could last a long time um, because, I, you know, I came up in the era where they said hip hop was going to be a fad and, you know, we've obviously proved them wrong. Um, but, you know, I, I sometimes I get afraid of, of, of hip hop going the way of rock and roll. Um, in the sense that, you know, rock and roll at its root is black music. I
1: have a nine-year-old who's passing by me to get his sneakers. It's all, you
0: good. It's you all good. good. Say hey. Just say hi. Hello. Hey. <laughs> I love it. But, yeah, you know, I, w- I was saying that, you know, uh, sometimes I feel hip-hop going the way of rock and roll and our music, you know, rock and roll at its root is black music and i think now when we look at it it is so dis, dis associated from its roots um, that scares me you know so I, so i want i want hip hop to maintain the quality to maintain the voice and to maintain our roots and at the same time be inclusive for everybody and and you know i think that comes with treating our music and our art like it's worth something it's not disposable you know we we're, we're even in an era with the technology If you think about it with streaming, which is great because it makes it accessible across the board, but it kind of devalues music. It's like, oh, I don't have to pay $10 for a CD anymore or $9.99 for something on iTunes. I pay $9.99 for the whole month and I have every song ever created. created. That just from a mathematical thing devalues the music. Fine. It's more accessible. It's cheaper to get, but let's not cheapen the music. And, And I hope this Forces us to kind of sit back and reflect on that, and put out the best quality stuff because we don't know if we're gonna be here tomorrow. But if we gotta go, let's leave a legacy for real.
1: Yeah, I know, and and I I couldn't agree with you more. Like it's it's one of those things when you look at jazz, when you look at rock and roll, when you look at doo wop, and you look at what eventually became blue eyed soul. Like you look at these these concepts of how it evolves, and then someone else values it, right? And I think when you, when you look at hip hop and what is now kind of, do they call it fusion? Do they call it alternative? The, the, the black music that I love that fits in no boxes.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, which is just this blend of all of the, the culture, um, the culture that means so much to us. Oh, we actually have a question. Hey, Rob.
0: Do you have a go-to album that always makes you feel good, something that always picks you up when you're struggling? Oh, a go-to album that always makes me feel good. Um, Jay-Z's Blueprint, probably. Yeah, Jay-Z's Blueprint.
1: That's such a good album. I also remember where I was when I first listened to that album. Um, I was on a road trip.
0: Yeah, I was definitely in the car the first time I heard that as well.
1: Well, I think, I, I feel like that's where a lot of people heard music. That, that, yeah. It's not the same anymore, where like you get a new CD, you pull it out of the plastic, you put it straight into the CD player. I'm aging myself, it's cool. Uh, now I just buy vinyl. I actually, so I scrounged up a record player here in my sister's house and uh, we, uh, I just bought three of my favorite albums on vinyl so I can I can listen to them. While I'm here, and I'm I'm really
0: excited. So what Is what's that, the three um, albums?
1: So Jimmy Hendrix, Hendrix Experience, Amy Winehouse, Frank. Amazing. Just a good album, man. Uh, and Billy Holiday great hits. I'm I'm, I'm for Billy Holiday got me through high school. I, I will always be a Billy and a Cab Calloway fan, mm-hmm. and Cab Calloway's sister. Like people sleep on Cab Calloway's sister, but she was a band leader before Cab was a band leader. Oh um, God, like way for
0: him. I didn't know that but that's that that goes to that timelessness that I'm speaking about like like Jimi Hendrix experience like timeless like this lasted generations like Billy Holiday lasted generations even when you talk about Amy Winehouse Frank like that album didn't come out yesterday you know what I'm saying it's new the most but it's about standing the test of time and creating music that stands the test of time it's amazing
1: yeah yeah, I, that was the one thing I think I regret leaving uh, New York without was my my Prince record collection.
0: Mm. It's, it's fine. It's especially because you can't you can't even stream Prince still, right? Like, um, there's still so much of his catalog that's not digital.
1: Spotify's gotten better with it, but to be honest, like I'm one of those people that some things don't need to be remastered.
0: Right. Of course.
1: Did it, Prince did it the right way the first time, and they're very. I could go on a tangent, but there's very specific things Prince did in those mixes that were intentional. And I, I sometimes the remastered versions don't taste the way. warmth
0: out of it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. No, uh, man. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. I'm, I'm with it. And I I, I don't want to be like the old guy. Like, I love the technology. You're never going to stop technology. But there's a difference. There's even a difference in sound quality. There's a difference in warmth like when something is digitized it feels just a little colder it feels a little less warm um you know
1: yeah i agree because it's it's made perfectly right it's, it's made perfectly to sound and that's the thing i love about music is that it sounds different in everyone's ears mm-hmm. because it is imperfect it's it, it is it's, it's perfectly imperfect because it hits the eardrum differently. And everybody hears on different octaves. And at the point where you try to get so perfect that now its sameness takes a little bit away from it.
0: Fact. Fact.
1: So, well, I mean, look, I'm I'm excited whether it's digital or not of folks like getting this music out here, you know, listening to some more DJs. I love the fact that it's now trickled down to local DJs are now getting in on it like my local dj from my college was djing on saturday and bringing folks together um and i think it's just it's just so amazing seeing how this has brought folks together for you as you're consuming all of this content because i just realized that as we're talking about this like you are consuming so much of this content right now what are the practices that you're kind of putting in place to kind of balance out because there is no balance there's no going to an office there's no going into an interview like this is a different kind of way of life where you could be working 23 hours a day on the mass amount of content that's now coming out digitally at you
0: right and 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 i was working that much before this too like you know it never (laughs) stops but you know i i just created routines for myself like i wake up in the morning i you know i don't allow myself to sleep past seven o'clock just how I would if I wanted to the office and you know I get up and I shower and I brush my teeth and I have breakfast and I get dressed every day even though I'm not leaving the house I don't, I don't work in my pajamas like like I try to give myself some sense of of, of normalcy in that way with a schedule and you know I, I know a lot of people a lot of my friends that I speak to are having trouble sleeping and falling asleep at you know, a, a reasonable time. You know, I'm still going to bed as if I have to wake up at 7 a.m. And and um, just creating a schedule, I think, and, and, and creating some boundaries. And obviously, um, you know, my job and my career is so important to me. It bleeds past the 9 to 5 or the 10 to 6, as as it often does. But, you know, I still just t- try to schedule it off and, and not totally shut it off. But you know, create some type of regiment each day. So, so, and I feel like I get the most done, man. I, I really do feel like I'm getting a lot done and I feel blessed for it because I know a lot of people are kind of struggling with their days, you know, and, 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 you know, if I can give any advice, it's just try to create a schedule for yourself and, and, and stick to it. Do you have any
1: plans, or anything like you're trying to get your, like, man, this is my perfect
0: opportunity to get this thing done? Mm-hmm. Two uh, things. Uh, a couple of things. I mean, you know, obviously outside of work and my goals there. Um, you know, I work on music as well. I, you know, I make rap music, so I'm definitely writing and, and and sourcing beats and coming up with concepts. So I stay busy doing that. Um, I'm working on a few comic scripts as well to be able to to um yeah to be able to do Marvel voices was like a huge thing for me, and and I thank you for for creating that platform and you and Chris Robinson for extending that platform to me to write a, a story within the Marvel um, Voices Anthology. And it was a little disappointing cause I was like, I was looking forward to more and then this thing happened and everything stopped but I, I still have been coming up with plots and and script ideas and, and a couple of independent projects I'm working on now which feels really dope. And then, um, and I've been working out. I told myself I'm, I'm gonna drop some weight um, you know, I'm gonna get more into shape. And if I come out of this, you know, I'm gonna come out of this a lot more healthier than I came in. So I've been running every day, I go to the park, definitely minding my six feet distance and my social distancing, but um, I've been running two to three miles every day and, you know, trying to eat right and work out. And, and when I come out of this thing, hopefully, you know, I'll be ready for a hot boy summer or something, man. <laughs> the name of this
1: episode, Rob Markman. Hot Boy Summer. <laughs> oh, this has been great. Thank you so much, Rob. Like, this is, I'm I'm glad to see that music is still flowing, and I'm also glad to see that there's going to be more content coming
0: from Genius. Absolutely. We're on it, man. And the whole team is excited, and the whole team is working hard, and I can't wait to put it out. Like, I'm I'm nervous, but, like, that excited nervous. Like, I just can't wait for people to see the stuff that we've been working on. So. It's
1: like Christmas nervous. Like, yeah. Like, you want to go to bed,
0: but you know, like you don't want to go to bed. But you know, yep. you don't go to bed. It won't happen. Yup, that's what it is. So, but we're here. But um, thank you for having me, and and it's dope what you're doing every day. I know when you reached out to me and said that you wanted to create a platform, um, for this specific reason, and hearing your idea initially, and then seeing you actually execute that idea consistently is super dope, and 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 it, and it's dope to see. So thank you for making me a part of it.
1: Thank you. And shout out to my team, which also keeps me because, you know, none of this happens by itself. Shout out to Matt and Sarah and Aaron and Kat and everybody uh, who who know more about making this into a podcast version than I do.
0: All of y'all, man. Shout out to all. Nothing happens without team. Same with me. I know I get a lot of credit because my face might be on camera, man, but that genius team is incredible and nothing happens without teamwork. So. Shout to the team, the unseen team, the often unseen team. Yeah, y'all are amazing.
1: Word. All right, guys, uh, tune in tomorrow. We are going to have the amazing Sierra Renee, uh, who you may know from the CW's Arrowverse, but also currently is playing Elsa on Broadway when Broadway reopens, and we will be talking about how she is actually getting fans together over Instagram. Uh, and other places, talk about baking, doing exercises, having singalongs. It's epic. So we'll see you tomorrow. Creative Quarantine is hosted by Angelique Rocher. It's produced by Angelique Rocher, Sarah Storm, and Matt Storm. Our logo is designed by Aaron Leffler. New streaming episodes are available Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 3 pm. Eastern and Tuesdays at 2 pm. Eastern on
2: angeliquecrochet.com forward/creativequarantine. Podcasts are made available the morning after each live-streamed episode wherever you get your
1: podcasts. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and visit us on
2: Instagram at creative.quarantine and Twitter at CreativeQteen. Please send this to a friend who needs a little artistic company and stay at home if you possibly can. We'll see you soon.